yep. stick around yep. for a little bit. What's up, dude? Yeah, totally up to you, man, uh, if you can or not. Uh, Wags obviously uh, talked uh, the last couple of days, uh, needing to get some stuff done, and that's great uh, for him to go ahead and do that. But welcome into Chaos Theory. We are obviously off and rolling here on a Tuesday, I guess it is, uh, diving in. Lots to discuss today, and, and I do want to talk about, obviously, Super Bowl is here. I do want to touch on the Super Bowl. And I kind of want to go back on Super Bowl memories because this is kind of the point for me. Um, I almost called you Wags there. Um, I sound like, I'm like Shannon Sharp. Skip! Let me tell you, Skip! <laughs> um, this is the point of the week to where uh, this is where I start reflecting back because I know they're doing media days and all this to where you go back and you watch some of the Super Bowl stuff and, and kind of what I want the folks to dive in, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on the uh, on the on the code of text line at 222-9328, you can dive in there. Give me your Super Bowl memories. I, I mean, the coolest stuff that you saw. I mean, because obviously for me, you know, it, it's stuff with the Cowboys winning and maybe the Cowboys losing, uh, you know, at different points. But great Super Bowl memories. I do want to touch on that today. Um, I, I do want to dive in now that we are here with the Taylor Swift and all this other bullshit, you know, what the, the big stories leading into this. Do you want to talk college basketball? Basketball because we've got uh, Texas and Iowa State happening tonight. And now after Kansas State beats Kansas last night, um, talk about that part, BK. We can go right into that uh, while I have you here with me. Um, that win last night for, for Kansas State, uh, I mean, it was a lot of back and forth right there, but uh, really impressed right there. But to me, that's just kind of the Big 12 basketball season as we watch it right now to where they're going to go blow for blow and they're just going to beat the dog shit out of each other. Kansas State with a huge one last night, man. Uh, your thoughts on that one. Very impressive right there uh, for the folks in purple. Yeah, it's a weird Kansas team, right? I mean, they've got four top 10 wins this season, which is more than anybody else in college basketball. So at times they look like a one seed and a true legit national championship contender. Mm -hmm. They've got three losses to teams ranked outside of the top 60 in Ken Palm. Over the last eight years, Kansas had three total losses to teams ranked outside of the top 60. This year, they have three alone. They can't win on the road. They're one and four on the road in the Big 12. So it's a weird Kansas team. At times, they look great. At times, not so much. But I think a lot of that is a testament to just how deep this Big 12 is. I mean, really, like uh, everybody, maybe outside of Oklahoma State, has the ability to beat everybody on any given night. So this is one of those years, there are some years you can only have three losses to win the Big 12. This is one of those years where like five or six losses might be enough to win you this conference. So it's a weird year, but hey, Texas is in the mix right now because of that, because it doesn't feel like there's that one dominant team that has separated itself from the pack. Even though Texas has had its share of struggles in the first nine games of conference play, they still have a chance to do something pretty special here. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, moving into looking at the game tonight, you know, with Iowa State, I mean, what, what I'm really hoping that we see is I was talking about this yesterday right here with Wags is is the loss to Houston. I mean, it was that I know you guys were, were kind of talking about, uh, you know, a good loss or, or whatever you want to call it right there. I mean, maybe that's something that really did ignite something in into this team to where, I mean, I loved what I saw on Saturday. I mean, it was so impressive to see. And, and the one thing that I was, I've been beating up on this team so bad all freaking season long is that they can't win the battle of the boards. And they did that decisively on Saturday. And I think that's the thing moving forward is to where, I mean, do, do we see that again? Do we see that again? And I think we've, we've had a couple of games in a row. I mean, you, you had a loss in there, but, but I do think that, that maybe they've turned the corner right here. And I really want to see 
this this whole the offense. I want to see it drive through Max Asmus. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's going to be the dude. And with Dylan Dessou, I, I, I think if these are the guys that are really going to take control of this team and drive it forward. Uh, I said it yesterday. I mean, I loved Kendall Weaver starting. I mean, because he is such a force on both sides of the court. And and I think with with him in there, I think that there may a may, there may be a blueprint right here to where this team can make a run. Are they going to win the fucking conference? No, but I think like you were talking about. I mean, looking looking at Ken Palm and all of that right now, seeing him as a as a nine ten whatever the seed may be. If you take care of business right now, you can put yourself in that five or six. And I think that's what you need to be doing right now if you're Rodney Terry in this bunch. This is a big week for Texas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a big game tonight against another ranked opponent in Iowa State, it's not going to be easy to beat the Cyclones. They're a top 15 team nationally, and they're playing some pretty good ball as of late. But you've got two games at home. Like, you've got to do a better job protecting your home floor. And most teams in college basketball are way better at home than they are on the road. And for Texas, oddly enough, in conference play, that has not been the case, right? Y'all touched on it yesterday. More road wins in the Big 12 than any team in this league. They just have to do a better job of winning games at home. So uh, you go 2-0 this week, then, all right, you're above 500 in the conference. Uh, your seed line probably goes up one or two. You go from being on the bubble, worried about last four in, to mm-hmm. right, you feel like you're pretty safely in the tournament. Now, of course, the season doesn't end after Saturday, but this is an opportunity for Texas. There aren't too many easy weeks in the Big 12. This is uh, about as easy of a week as it gets with two games at home and one of those games being against one of the worst teams in the league in West Virginia. Yeah, and I think that's where it's so important that you got to take care of those games because, I mean, we've talked about it so many different times here here on the network, on Texas Sports Unfiltered, about it's one thing, you know, when you're going to play the the Kansas, when you're going to play Baylor, when you're going to play Houston, you're going to play all of those guys. you gotta you got to take care of the ones that you should win, and a lot of times that's the hardest part to, to do right now. And the best part about it, I mean, what, what, what you got to love about this basketball conference is that, you're going to get the best from every one of these teams. I mean, even if it's a lower, lower, you know, part of the quadrant right there with, with the standings in the Big 12, you're going to get the best from them every freaking night when you go in there. And, and I think that that's great. And, and that's where, like you said, this is a pivotal week to where you go in there, you take care of business, you have to do that because this is moving forward. Um, you know, it's great. It, it, it's great to win a game like you did this weekend. It's great to play the way that you did against Houston to take them into overtime with everything that happened right there. But you piss away one of these bitches, and that's something that can be just as detrimental as a quality loss. Yeah. Look, Iowa State, I, I don't think it'd be considered a bad loss. I mean, it's a quadrant one game for Texas. So if they lose tonight, it's not UCF where it's like, oh, God, like, how do we let that happen on our home floor? I mean, Texas is a one and a half point favorite. Ken Palm projects this as a one-point game. Like, this is kind of a coin flip tonight. Now, it would scare me a little bit that Texas is continuing this trend of not being able to win games at home. That would worry me for the rest of the season. But, like, tonight wouldn't go down as a bad loss. But once again, when you have these games at home, like, you don't have to go to Hilton this year. Iowa State Mm -hmm. is undefeated at Hilton. That's one of the best atmospheres in college basketball, maybe the most underrated atmosphere in college basketball. I don't know if you saw this video. I showed it to the Buck a couple of weeks ago. Okay. But like ISU fans, this is them against K-State. Like the beauty of Iowa State, what makes their fan base so great is they've got the olds getting into it. You're going to get students everywhere who get into it. They've got the olds. you got Jim Carrey looking ass on the left side of your screen doing fake tears over there. You don't have to go to Iowa State. So when you get teams in your house, and this can be one of the better home court atmospheres in college basketball now, you've got to take care of business. So – 
Uh, hopefully, yeah, a quadrant one win tonight. Saturday, I think, is a quadrant two win. But you'd really like to get these two because you still have to go to Lubbock. You got to go to Houston. You got to go to Lawrence. You've got some tough road games still yep. on the slate. Makes it uh, imperative to take care of your business here in Austin. That's right. Uh, Longhorn Bear checking in there uh, on the YouTube. So the dirty thing right here, that's uh, that's dirty air. That's uh, that's one of my many uh, racing shows that uh, that I'm a part of. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'll talk to you, Brad, off the record, or BK, off the record. Uh, I sound like Lee Sterling over here. Brad? Um, uh, coming up, uh, Daytona 500, we might have to do a, a dirty air thing or two, uh, on here as we get ready for that. So that's, that's what that is. But, um, and, and here's the concern tonight. I mean, I think as you go into this ball game tonight, a lot of momentum coming in with the Texas ball club, but when you're taking on Iowa state, this is a team that's going to press. This is a team. They're going to try to take that ball. They're going to try to take the basketball away from you. And I think that's something that these folks or that Texas needs to really hone into because it's going to be a lot of press. That defense is going to be really, really stiff from Iowa State. I know it's a home game. And I go back to, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of like thinking about, uh, you know, teams that can't win at home. You know, it's like, man, why can you not win at home? But Iowa State's going to come, and they're going to be chasing that basketball. And I think it's imperative tonight, you know, whether it be whoever it's going to be, that, I mean, you protect the basketball. Obviously, you got to take care of the boards. you got to do everything that we've been talking about at nauseum. But they're basketball chasing tonight when, when Iowa State comes to town. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State leads the nation in turnover percentage, and they lead the nation in steal percentage as a defense. And Texas has been prone to give the ball up. So yep. uh, you got to be smart. You can't let Iowa State get out in transition and get easy buckets you got to turn them into a half court team because when they've struggled that's when they've had to go into their half court on offense so uh, yeah you cannot be sloppy or careless with the basketball and expect to beat this iowa state team that's really good now once again iowa state undefeated at home they've lost five games they've all been away from ames uh they just lost in waco on saturday uh, you can get them when they're playing outside of hilton coliseum but you got to be smart you got to be buttoned up this cannot be a C type of game for Texas and expect to win. You've got to be playing close to A-level basketball tonight. Ace missing to Sue. Those guys have to do their thing, but somebody else has to step up. Can Dylan Mitchell be great for his third straight game? If so, Texas is going to win. Can Tyrese Hunter against his former team uh, get back into the scoring column, right? He's been yep. very good defensively. He was awesome on defense on Saturday against TCU, so it's not like he's a liability out there, but he hasn't really provided much of a spark on offense over the last couple of games. Can he get something going a little bit? You brought up Kendall Weaver. Uh, what can you get out of him? Can IT Horton give you a little bit off the bench? You're going to need uh, that third player. Hopefully it's more than that, but you're going to need some other guys to step up too because Iowa State has a few different guys who can beat you. Once again, it's a talented bunch that's ranked number 14 in the country for a reason. Uh, you've got to play a quality game. Even though it's a home game, even though you're favored, you've got to uh, play some good basketball to find a dub tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, those Super Bowl memories, we'll kind of touch on that at the bottom of the hour, kind of as we dive towards that 11 o'clock. Uh, it's only an hour coming up uh, with Jeff and the bunch. Uh, they'll be diving in here in just a little bit. So you guys keep bringing that. Of course, Whitney Houston right there. Yes, we lost her way too soon. Toby Keith, I will talk about that right there. I'm a country music guy. So uh, we can touch on that as well. But uh, BK, I want to tell you something. I saw something on ESPN today where folks are talking about there's going to be $23 billion bet on the Super Bowl 
coming up on Sunday and leading up to the Super Bowl. And it's like, man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cousins. That's a lot of people that are going to be spending money. And, of course, as we have been talking about here the last couple of weeks with that game coming up, if you're going to spend some money, if you're going to be doing that, you need to do it with BetUS. BetUS is the best online sportsbook and casino out there. You can dive on there, make your deposit, game lines, props. Those props keep growing. Um, I look on there every day, and, and it's like the props are going and going and going. The Taylor Swift stuff. I mean, all of that is there. Who's Usher going to bring up on stage? Uh, what's he going to be wearing? Is he going to be wearing Nikes? I mean, there's all these different things that you can bet on right there with the props. Not only that, college basketball, everything. It's all there. I told you guys. I won 50 bucks betting on Denny Hamlin winning the class at the Coliseum this past weekend. So that's what it's all about right there. Check it out at BetUS. If you're watching on YouTube, which most of you are, you can click that uh, video link description down below. It's going to take you right there where you need to go. If you're on the free app, you can go uh, uh, explore our socials. It'll take you there as well. Once again, the best place to bet on sports is BetUS. And uh, really looking forward to uh, you you people winning a lot of money here as as we dive into um, what is going to be a fantastic Super Bowl. Um, BK, I'm glad you're actually on today because I touched on this with Wags yesterday and, and your time there in Houston, uh, working in Houston media, as you say, uh, watching kind of the transformation of what we saw with the Houston Texans and the run that they made. Now I am, man, I have such a hard on right now that I think that the Houston Texans need to find a way. It's going to cost them some money. It's going to cost them some money. But I think that there's a way. You got Mike Evans sitting out there. I mean, this dude is on a Hall of Fame track, you know, in his career. I mean, the thousand-yard seasons, everything that he's doing. I mean, he just continues to do. And, and, and you know, even this year with Baker Mayfield, I mean, what were you going to get from Mayfield? The status of Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay. Who's going to be the quarterback in Tampa Bay? Are they going to pay this dude $40 million? We don't know. But I can tell you one damn thing. When I'm looking at free agency and I see that dude available and I see Tank Dell, I see Nico Collins, I see everything happening right there with the Houston Texans. How do you not go get this guy? Spend some money and go add Mike Evans. Dude's got Galveston ties, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Played at AM. I mean, your thoughts on that, man. This to me seems like you get that veteran leadership in there, and this is only going to help that badass quarterback that they already have. I wouldn't do it. Um, wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Not because do I it. don't love Mike Evans. Uh, he's a future yeah. Hall of Famer. He's my favorite Aggie of all time in any sport because he is from Galveston and he went to the same high school that my dad went to and the same high school that my sister currently goes to. Yeah. Um, shout out to the tours down there at G-Ball. But I just, the Texans have a lot of holes that they need to fill. Like mm -hmm. what they did this year was remarkable, but it's a testament to two people, Tamiko Ryans and CJ Stroud. Top to bottom, that roster, bottom 10 in the NFL. And of that bottom 10 roster, they've got a lot of those guys who were performing at a high level last year who are free agents. So I, I can't sit here and tell you Mike Evans wouldn't be a great fit because he would be. Everything you said is absolutely right. That's another great weapon for C.J. Stroud. That's yeah. a veteran for Nico Collins and Tank Dell to learn from. That would make the Texans offense even better than what it was this year. And that would take C.J. Stroud's game to another level in year two, which is scary to think about for the rest of the league. I just... You're going to have to pay Mike Evans $25 million a year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would rather spend that money elsewhere. I think the Texans should get a receiver, whether it's a lower tier guy in free agency or somebody on day two of the draft again, like where they found Tank Dell last season. I do think they should address that position. 
but I'd rather them go a little bit more meat and potatoes with uh, their big money free agent spending than I would all Mike Evans. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's a great point. That's a great point. I, I mean, it, it's how do you allocate those dollars? I mean, you can you can make the splash, you, you know, pick up like I'm talking about right there and do that right there. But then, you know, you have holes that you don't fill. And, and I think that's a problem that we've seen with the Cowboys in the past to where it's like you have obvious holes right there, but you want to go out and do different things. And Ed, I think that I heard you guys talking about, uh, you know, some of the uh, the Longhorn players now, and, and it's so impressive. And, and this is where we can kind of have that conversation right now to how, how great is it that you see the steps this program has taken to where you see these guys that are that high up on draft boards. And when you look at different uh, positional rankings and you've got, you've got so many Texas Longhorns that are set to be drafted or in a, in, in a position to be drafted. I, I mean, what does that tell you? But yeah. w- with Houston, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be an interesting off season for them because, like you're talking about, do you go after the splash? Do you go after and and fill the holes? And I think that that as much as I want to see Mike Evans in a Houston Texans uniform, that your points are great. But what do you, I mean with the leadership of the Texans now? I mean, what do you think they do? I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Man, let me yeah. tell you, look, if Mike Evans does sign with the Texans or if T. Higgins, right, he's the other big-time yeah. free agent wide receiver that's out there this year. If either of those guys ends up signing to Houston, I'm not going to be coming on the show the next day saying, that was a huge mistake, they shouldn't have done it. I'm going to be stoked, right? I'm going to be like, oh, man, C.J. Stroud with that guy and all the other weapons that he has, like, watch out. But I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I mean, Nick Casario was on the hot seat, right? The, the, the first, yep. he got to make three coaching hires in three years. You almost never see that. Guys usually yep. get fired as a GM if they have to go to a third coaching hire, especially if it happens that quickly. And a lot of the draft picks weren't great. A lot of the free agency moves weren't great. And then it just all kind of came together, really, because they got the coach and they got the quarterback right. But, you know, the rest of the draft class was good. And I think for the first time in Nick Casario's tenure in Houston, people actually have faith and confidence that he is going to make the right move. So I don't know. I don't know what the Texans are going to do because this is the first time in Casario's tenure that the Texans have actually had a ton of money they could spend. Yeah. Right? They were in financial hell his first couple of years. And the Deshaun Watson situation obviously didn't help. They had to pay a guy to not play. They lost a roster spot because of that. They, they had nothing they could do. Financially, they couldn't spend on anybody. So it's been a bunch of like one to two year deals, relatively low money, short term contracts on middling players, right? Not the, the top of the heap, not the the bargain bin necessarily, but a lot of mid tier shopping for the Texans and free agency. Now they have top three money of any team in the NFL. So there's no we, there's no real precedent for what Casario is going to do because he's never been in this spot like this. So he doesn't seem like the flashiest guy. I do think he will go more meat and potatoes when it comes to the free agent signings. But the question is, okay, do the Texans do what kind of worked for them last year? Just one and two year deals and they avoid those long-term contracts, which might take them out of the running for the top players in the class, or are they willing to actually open up the pocketbooks a little bit, become a major spender, realize that they've got a quarterback on a rookie contract and they probably should be doing whatever they can to win right now and go actually spend and, and be a major player in for HC. That's what they should do, I think. We'll see if yeah. they actually do that. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I do want to touch on something here, BK. Uh, Longhorn Bear, I mean, we talk about cousins and we talk about all this and I'm 
I'm super excited that I won 50 bucks. I never win anything. But uh, you guys, uh, I mean, keep that in control. Keep that in control. I mean, uh, we sit here talking about, we're talking about BetUS and all this. You, you know, it's like my dad told me a long time ago, if you ain't got no fucking money, don't be out there spending money that you don't have. So uh, do that as smart as possible, just like uh, we joke around about, you know, with all that, all of that. I mean, I mean, be, do the right thing. Do the right thing uh, when it comes to all of that, because uh, that's the main concern here. And uh, thank you, Longhorn Bear. That's a very good point. I haven't gotten to ask you, BK, as we talk about NFL. And again, I want those Super Bowl memories down at the bottom of the hour. Uh, do want to touch on uh, a little bit later. I, I do want to talk about Toby Keith. I do want to talk about country music. I'll yeah. sit here and piss and moan, and and you guys better you better buckle yourself in because I'm going to go on a country music tangent that'll probably piss you off, Come and on. you're going to turn this thing off because I'm an old school country music dude, but. How in the hell has Bill Belichick, I haven't gotten to ask you this, how the hell is Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, how are they not in a position? My opinion is with Bill Belichick is that you get this dude that kind of goes in there. He wants full control. He's a guy that wants to come in. He wants to bring his people in. I saw that that his son got a job. So maybe that's going to be, be moving that out right there. But this is a dude that wants to come in and he wants to do stuff the old school way. I mean, he wants to do it the way that he's done it for so long. I happen to think if he went in and he started talking to to the folks in Atlanta, uh, if he went in and started talking to Arthur Blank and the different things right there, they are that close. I think they are that close to San or the Los Angeles Chargers job to me was going to be Jim Harbaugh's to lose. I mean, that was that was his destination. The Spanos family wanted him. That's the job he wanted. But Belichick, I think he may have gone in there with Atlanta as a great landing spot right there and undazzled them a little bit, if that's even a word, to where he wanted to do things the way that he wants to do it. And I think that's just not the way that the NFL operates right now, BK, because you look at look at the coaching cycle right now. It's all younger dudes, and, and I'm not – I'm not discounting the older dudes, but I think that's just not the path right now. And this dude's still sitting without a job. Rabel is the one that surprises me even more. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Vrabel, I can't quite figure out, right? Especially when you saw how many defensive coaches got gigs yeah. this cycle, right? The trend has kind of been to hire the young up-and-coming offensive mind, but, you know, Washington went defense. Mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta ended up going defense with Raheem Morris. Seattle went defense with Mike McDonald. Like, you saw other defensive first coaches get head coaching gigs, yet Mike Vrabel, who has already had a lot of success as an NFL head coach, more than Raheem Morris and obviously more than Mike McDonald uh, could not get a gig. So that one doesn't make sense. Belichick doesn't surprise me that much. It does. He only interviewed with Atlanta. He only interviewed with one team. Like his one stock team. right now is so low. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone wants to buy the dip because they're not sure how high it's ever going to get. You're talking about a guy who's old. Uh, you're talking about a guy who, look, whether you like it or not, like he has not had a lot of success as a coach without Tom Brady as his quarterback. Yeah. So, like, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, Tom Brady's the only reason Bill Belichick's good. If you feel that way, you're an idiot, and I'm not going to listen to you. But there are other teams who are like, they look at what Belichick did with all the other quarterbacks he's gotten to work with, and then they look at what he did with Tom Brady, and they're like, well, you know, is it worth taking a flyer on this guy when we're not sure exactly what we're going to get with him? So, um, yeah, no surprise. I think maybe a team could be very desperate next offseason. If something doesn't work with their current coach and they're like, oh, we got to take a chance on Bill Belichick. He's the GOAT. We got to bring him in. But uh, just with the way football is going, wanting to have a younger mind, someone that you want to build around for a few years. Because, I mean, Bill Belichick, he could coach for two more years and that could be it. Like yeah. he, he might only want a coach to break that record 
the George Hallis all-time win record. Then he might, or the Don Shula all-time win record. Then he might want to be out. Like that, uh, that could be it. So, you know, teams want that long-term commitment. You're seeing coaches get six-year contracts right now. Is Belichick signing a six-year contract? I don't know. So there, there's some red flags with him. And uh, I understand why he wasn't the hottest commodity, despite him having the best resume of any coach who's ever coached. Uh, I mean, I agree. It, it, and it's uh, David ATX checking in right there. I mean, I love that point. And that's kind of what I'm talking about right there. I know I don't want Belichick coaching my team uh, too much set in his ways. And 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 that's uh, or way too set in his ways, you know. And, and and that's really the whole point right there. It's like when you move somebody in like that, I mean, that that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a dude that it's like, I've done it my way the whole fucking way, uh, whether it's worked or not. And that really is the thing. You know that that's got to be eaten at his ass. You know, the fact that Brady goes off and wins the Super Bowl and had success, and now he's marching off and he's going to make a lot of money for Fox and, and with Fox. And, and, and that's great. And uh, hey, Sal, thank you for checking in from Gotham. Sal, you're a little late to the party. I don't know if you realize it or not, but I've become Bono. Because we were having some conversation, uh, or, or these guys, uh, Bucky and BK, were talking about all the uh, cool, you know, AI goggles and all this shit, $3,500. Well, I've become Bono. I'm going to keep these right here in my studio and throw them on from time to time when I'm dropping the knowledge right here on uh, the chaos theory. Um, so, yeah, welcome in, Sal. Glad, uh, glad you're here. Uh-oh. There you it is. A oh, welding to... mask. Dude, so the last house I lived at in Houston... Uh, it was a buddy's place. It was like the house he grew up in. And they didn't have safety goggles. So whenever I would do like yard work or something that would require <laughs> safety goggles, they had this. I don't know why the hell they had this welder's mask, mask yeah. in the garage, but I would use that and people would walk by me in the front yard just like, what the hell is going on here? That was my best option. So your, your Bono glass is a much better and I'm sure a much more comfortable look and feel than the, the welding mask that I had to rock in Houston summers. Oh, man. Disaster. Speaking of pulling that up, uh, um, did you hear Gus Johnson this weekend? Did you happen to hear that clip? Did you hear that bit? So nah. Gus Johnson on the call of, uh, yeah, you know, we all know Gus Johnson. There he goes. Oh, you know, he gets pretty animated when he's calling football. Well, Gus Johnson on the call of a uh, – Women's basketball game um, this weekend. Um, take a listen to this. And, and, and God, you know how I am with sharing this shit. I'm not very good at it. But uh, here we go. This is Gus Johnson um, this weekend calling a women's basketball game. And Alexander had her shit blocked. Her shot blocked, excuse me. Oh. Nice look inside, great position, no call on the play, as Rihanna Alexander had her shit blocked. Hmm. Had her shit blocked. Her shit blocked. Hey, true story, right? Get her some Pepto, I guess. Hey, there well, you maybe, go. Maybe the opposite, actually. She needs some uh, Dokalax or something if oh, her shit's blocked. Go. Yeah, there you go. Marble Falls checking in. Thank you, Grant Miller. Uh, love it out there in Marble Falls, uh, the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Gus Johnson just calling it like he sees it. Hey, he's yeah. right. He's absolutely right. Like that's that's what happened. She had her shit blocked. Her shot yep. was also blocked, but you could say she had her shit blocked in that moment. Absolutely. Yep. Super Bowl memories. 
Like I said, bottom of the hour, I did want to talk about that. Brad Kellner with me. This is Chaos Theory. My man, uh, my man Wags uh, getting himself all checked out over there. And, of course, we hope for the best for Wags. He will be back tomorrow, and we will dive in with the same stupid shit that we are. Uh, tomorrow is Wednesday, so we will do Ass Elite of the Week. So don't worry. We will definitely go into that. I'm kind of leaning to Miley Cyrus here after all this stuff uh, that, uh, you know, I really got into. Do you watch the Grammys the other night? I did. Yeah, I heard uh, y'all talking about it a little bit yesterday, and you watched and Wags didn't, although he was smitten by Olivia Rodrigo, which was the funniest thing ever. He's like, I don't know who that is, but gosh, she was awesome. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, she's talented. But yeah, no, I, I I watched the whole thing, and Miley Cyrus, obviously a big winner with uh, what record of the year and had yeah. that live performance too. Yeah. She uh, she was one of the biggest winners on Sunday for sure. Yeah. Doing some really good stuff. Um, Super Bowl diving in right here. So so for me, th this is when it really gets fun. And like I said, you guys, Super Bowl memories. We've already had the Whitney Houston. That's one of the most powerful moments that I've ever fucking seen in, in that thing. And it has nothing to do with football. I mean, you can go back there and you sit there and you watch that. And it still gives you chill bumps and shit when you're listening to her sing that. You know, because we were at a time where, where war was impending at that point. And, and everything was happening right there. And for her to come on out and deliver that performance. And just, I think the sheer passion that we saw in that, she's sweating. I mean, you're feeling everything that you have right there. But the game memories, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, uh, you know, with the with the Titans and the Rams. You had the end of that game right there with uh, McNair to, to Dyson and, and hmm. those endings right there. I mean, the Brady coming back from 28 points. I mean, but you can take this thing all the way back. I mean, you can go back and look at Super Bowl one, two, three, four, five. I think it was, you know, when 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 Jim O'Brien comes in with a club foot and beats the Cowboys 16 to 13. So many great memories. And that's a cool thing about it right now is that this is where I kind of really geek out, BK, because it's like on NFL Network, and now NFL Network is the one with all the rights to this shit from, from NFL Films, to where you can go back. I was sitting here on Saturday, I think it was, and it's just like Super Bowl one, and they're just rolling. It's like Super Bowl memories. You're going yeah. all the way up, and that's the cool part for me. I mean, the game the game is what it is. There's going to be a lot that's going on this week. We've got Media Day coming up, and all, all that is already happening. But, man... This is really, this is a national treasure to celebrate right here because this is when it gets fun to me if you're a football fan. I mean, it's the biggest live television event of the year, every year. Uh, people who aren't football fans or aren't even sports fans tune in uh, to this thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, memories are made every single time, whether it's a blowout. Like, I, I have plenty of memories from oh. uh, Seattle beating the shit out of Denver 43-8 to a few years ago. Like, the yep. first snap of the game, Denver had the ball first. It was a safety. The center snapped it over Peyton Manning's head, turned into a safety. I remember Bruno Mars at halftime, like, on that moving stage, just, uh, you know, picking up more yards during his halftime show than the Broncos' offense seemingly had that entire game. Like even in blowouts, there's just there's something you remember from just about every single Super Bowl. So uh, obviously more fun than you when you have a rooting interest, but uh, still fun regardless. And uh, yeah, excited for this weekend's matchup. It should be a really good one, and I assume we'll have a few more memories made on Sunday. No doubt, and that's where you get a uh, like with the halftime show and everything. Of course, you had the. Justin Timberlake nipple. Oh, and, uh, yeah. You remember that? That you is, that? you talk about favorite memory. If I had to pick one, and this is always my answer, because around this time every year, somebody asked me my favorite moment in Super Bowl history. And without question, I mean, until I see the Cowboys win one with my own <laughs> adult eyes, even then, though, it would still be a debate. My yeah. answer to the question of what is my favorite moment in Super Bowl history will always be 
the uh, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson halftime show in Houston. Uh, I was almost 10 years old. I was nine going on 10 in early 2004 when that happened. And uh, look, I I didn't I didn't think I was gay before then. But (laughs) after that moment, I knew I was not gay. Because I, uh, I felt a little something-something on that day, and that uh, was a moment that absolutely shaped a very young BK. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to JT and JJ for a moment that uh, I will never forget. And anybody else who watched it in real time, I think they feel the exact same way. That's one of those things where I remember watching that Super Bowl. I, I was at a Super Bowl party, and, and I was so shit-faced that night. And and so so that happens, and I'm thinking, did I just see her nipple? I mean, did he really pull that thing off? And of course, you know, now here we are, you know, getting ready for the Super Bowl this year. And there's all this emphasis now on, on Taylor Swift. And and the other part of the, this is going to be a massively watched event. I mean, this is going to be, I mean, for the simple fact, I mean, her involvement right here. I mean, say what you want. Take the take the political shit out of this. But but I mean, this is where I talk about all the time with NASCAR. You know, NASCAR just raced in, in Los Angeles this past weekend. And a lot of people are like, well, they don't need to be there. Well, yeah, they fucking do need to be there because you need to get that fan base. You need to get the folks that aren't watching NASCAR every damn week looking at the same old shit. This right here, I think with the influx right here, this is going to be a massive event, BK. This this could be the highest rated, you said it, TV show of them all. Take out the football game part. This is, holy smoke, this is going to be big. Yeah, I, I do wonder, like, <laughs> oh, God, no. I doubt it. I don't think we're going to see that. You know, Bucky's convinced she's going to show up on stage at some point during Usher's halftime show, and... That's just not going to happen. Zero percent chance that that goes down. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do wonder. It feels like more fans would have rather have seen either Baltimore or Detroit. Hell, maybe both Baltimore or Detroit. So I do wonder yeah. if the ratings are affected slightly by that. But, I mean, the Niners have a ginormous fan base. You're talking about one of the most historic franchises in the sport. Uh, the Chiefs are on the dynastic run right now. Obviously, you get the Swifties in the mix with Travis Kelsey being involved so you're right i mean it, it almost feels like we break records every year with the super bowl i don't know that for sure i don't have the numbers in front of me but yeah. this thing this thing does have a chance to be one of the most if not the most watched games uh it should be a good one it's like a one to two point line you've got a team going for back to back for the first time in 20 years you've got the niners and their history you've got the swift element yeah there, there there are a ton of reasons why a ton of people and once again folks who don't normally watch football on sundays will be locked into this game no, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, looking forward to that and the week leading up to it. Before we go any further, still talking about the Super Bowl, obviously, like we always do right here on Chaos Theory. Want to talk about all the great folks that uh, are a part not only of Chaos Theory, but of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Of course, our friends at Covert Bee Cave, they have been massive since the beginning, since the very beginning. Pioneering sponsors, BK, as I like to call them. How about a recorded spot? And guys, I'm going to tell you again, leave Hayden alone. Don't be over here making all these comments about Hayden. How about a word from our friends at Covert BK? Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife Hayden. Welcome to Covert BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. 
Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Great stuff. Covert, B Cave. Hey, hey, look here. Jason checks in. I like this memory. <laughs> uh, how was that show? What was it like performing at halftime of the I Super Bowl? I got to tell you, I got to tell you, BK, I couldn't believe all the fucking people in that place. Uh, to get out there and sing, uh, it was unbelievable. And and maybe I'll do it again. I think I already saw a request right there that uh, a beautiful day. Maybe I'll sing a beautiful day on Friday before we get ready uh, for the uh, for the, for the Super Bowl. So yeah, maybe I'll uh, do that rendition one more time here with uh, Bono Rodriguez. Here we go with a with a brand new nickname. Um, bigger story, and I've heard this uh, a lot of back and forth. Um, you know, I really think that a lot of folks that would be, I mean, Brock Purdy being in the Super Bowl. I mean, say what you want to say about Brock Purdy. We're sitting here looking at mock drafts. We're looking at all these quarterbacks that that are that are you know slated to go. You know, so many quarterbacks that are going to happen right here. But here you go. This is where. It, and I was thinking about the comparison this morning when you guys were talking about the Cowboys because you look at the Cowboys, you look at the arguably the top four quarterbacks in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. You got Roger Staubach, who was drafted high, had to go off and do his his service. Thank you very much, Roger Staubach. Yeah, Troy Aikman, the number one guy all together, you know, that, that had a very rough beginning as being the Cowboys quarterback. And then you had the two dudes that we've been dealing with, you know, for the last decade and a half, which are which is Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, a fourth round draft pick, and then Tony Romo. So, I mean, I think it's a really big story that you do have Brock Purdy with an opportunity right here in a loaded San Francisco team, say what you want to say about the fucking 49ers, whether you like them or not. But here you go, and you've got you've got Mr. Irrelevant bringing this in. That This is a feel-good story, and I really don't think that it's getting a lot of the love that it should. I mean, I think a lot of people are more on the, uh, more on the consensus of waiting for him to fuck up and fall on his face. Mm. Man, I mean, when you talk about the draft and you talk about the last dude in, it's a pretty fucking cool story if you ask me. It is, yeah. And I, I think it's getting a lot of attention, but maybe the reason why it's not getting as much attention as it normally would or could is because Brock Purdy is a doorknob, dude. He's as yep, boring bro. as an auditor. Boring. He is no Very. personality. And like that, that's whatever. It doesn't matter. It works. He's off to a great start. And once again, a tremendous story from him being Mr. Irrelevant to being a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl in his second year in the league, and he was in the MVP conversation, which was ridiculous, but still, he was in the MVP conversation for a lot of this year. Like, it's an awesome story, but my God, that guy has no personality to him at all. I'm not yeah. saying he needs to be like Jameis Winston, where he's just giving you a soundbite every time he opens his mouth, but he gives you nothing. Yeah. So I think that's part of it, man. It's just... It works for him. He goes about his business, plays the game the right way. He's making it work. His teammates like him. His coaches like him. The Niners fans, I think, like him because he's playing well. But, like, there is just – there's no pomp and circumstance, none of that extra stuff that could ingratiate you more in, in, in football minds and obviously raise your popularity amongst football fans. You don't have that with Brock Purdy. No, you, you really don't. And, I mean, that, that is the thing. I mean, he's just kind of there. 
And, you know, the thing is, I mean, watching Patrick Mahomes yesterday, you know, doing some different things right there. I mean, he embraces this stuff. And I think a lot of it is Brock Purdy. He's not programmed for this yet. I mean, he 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 didn't think that he was going to be in this position. And I mean, a lot of it is that that he's in this position because of what he's surrounded with. And, and that kind of goes back to the narrative right there about, well, he's only there because what he's surrounded with. What, is that a bad thing? I mean, that's not a bad thing. I mean, when you land in a spot like that and the way that he that he became the quarterback, I don't want to say that he fell into the job. He became the quarterback of the 49ers. I love this right here from Greg Burke. My favorite Super Bowl mem- uh, moment, freezing my ass off, Rice Stadium. You know, I think a lot of folks, uh, when they go back and you think of the history of the Super Bowl, they forget that one. When you talk about the, you mentioned oh. the Super Bowl being in Houston. I mean, when you talk about all of that, here's a funny story, BK. So the way it worked out for me, um, I knew at a very early age that I wanted to be, well, I thought I wanted to be a country music DJ. Then I thought, you know what? I want to be on the news because I would watch the news and, and do all this different stuff. So back in the day, and, and this was in the 70s, McDonald's used to do this thing where you would go buy lunch and they would give you like a little uh, single flyer magazine. And I remember my dad would go off and he'd bring them to me. And I had Super Bowls 1 through, I think it was 11 through 12. It was Super Bowl one with Green Bay and Kansas City all the way to 12, which was Dallas and Denver, the 27 to 10 game. And this book, all it was, was just filled with stats. And I would sit there and I would like do my little newscast and I'm just reciting stats from those first 12 football games. And that's, I don't even know where I'm going with that, but that's that's my Super Bowl memories right there when we start talking about all that, um, about the cool stuff. But with this thing, with um, with Purdy, I mean, for him to be able to pull this off, it's going to be a tall task. Going to have to lean on that defense. We'll dive into the game as we get closer. We'll start talking about lines. We'll start talking about props. And again, do that smartly. But just the simple fact that you do have Mr. Irrelevant in the Super Bowl, I, I think is really good. And, and and what can you say about Mahomes? I mean, just everything that he's done right there. Have you heard any, any rumblings? I mentioned this to Wags, um, I think it was last week. He hadn't heard anything about this. I've kind of heard a little bit of whispering around that maybe if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes win this thing, that Andy's going to step away and maybe do something else. Um, anything that you may have heard along those lines? Yeah, I think it's just more scuttlebutt on Twitter right now. But, yeah. uh, you know, Andy Reid's done it a long time. He's up there in age, and he's obviously won a lot. And if he wins this one, it'll be his third Super Bowl. And there aren't a lot of coaches in the history of the sport who can claim three Super Bowl wins as a head coach. So, uh, man, it's... We'll see. Some guys like to ride off into the sunset. Some guys are like, why would I leave? I'm winning. Like, this yeah. is fun. Winning is fun. And as long as Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes, feels like he's going to be in the mix to keep winning. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have heard something about it, but not from any credible enough sources to where it's like it feels like it is for sure going to happen. But, man, yeah. it's just these two quarterbacks, these two teams, it just goes to show you it's uh, there's multiple ways to skin a cat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't get me wrong. The Chiefs have a ton of talented players. Chris Jones is one of the best defensive players in the league. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, you know, McDuffie, some of the corners on the Chiefs. LeJarrius Sneed's turned into a really, really great player. I mean, they've got all sorts of talent on that roster, but they're there because of Patrick Mahomes. Meanwhile, yeah. San Francisco is like, like you said, with Purdy, uh, they're not winning in spite of Purdy, but people talk about Brock Purdy like he's dragging the team back. Right, you know, like exactly. The rest of their yeah. roster is so damn good. Yeah. And it's probably the most talented roster top to bottom in the league that like, that's how they do it. Like quarterback is their big question. And for the chiefs, you got the best quarterback in the league and a guy who's on his way to being one of the best of all time. He's not already in that conversation. 
It's just the beauty of sport is there's not just one set in stone way to win. There are multiple ways you can find yourself playing for championships. And I think the Super Bowl is uh, a prime example of that. And one of the things that, that and, and you know, we've said it. I mean, you, you said it earlier here on Chaos Theory. You, you know, maybe maybe we wanted Baltimore and Detroit or, or anybody, anybody but this matchup. But, I mean, when you sit here and look at this, I think what's so cool about the long NFL season, as we've gone on and on and on, at the beginning of the year, we're thinking, okay, probably Kansas City and, and the 49ers is what's going to happen. And as the season goes on and on and on, you know, different points, you know, during the year, it's like, you know, in the AFC, it's like, well, you know, fucking Buffalo looks really good. And Baltimore, man, that this is finally their time. I mean, it, it's going to be Baltimore uh, in the NFC. I mean, you had a lot of different contenders right there. You know, he had Philadelphia. Philadelphia's going to be the one. Detroit really looks like they, you know, they're going to break the curse. I mean, all this is going to happen. The Cowboys, I think it's finally the time. Jimmy Johnson goes into the, to the ring of honor. Maybe this is when it all comes down to it. I mean, here you are. I mean, we have we have the matchup that we thought we were going to have and just the different variables that, that we're looking going into this game. I mean, with what Mahomes is doing, the struggles that we've seen with Kansas City. You had guys that couldn't that they couldn't catch football with Stickham, but they seem to have figured all of that out. I mean, with the 49ers, like you're talking about, it's like their their big problem is their quarterback, their leader. He sucks. Well, no, he doesn't. Um you have this matchup as much as I think a lot of people don't want it. I think that we have this setup to where it's going to be a very intriguing matchup. And, and again, I think it's going to stay with, with the more recent history that we've watched in the Super Bowl, because like we were talking about with Super Bowl memories, a lot of Super Bowl memories that I remember are blowouts. And it's like, wait a minute, these are the two best teams. Yeah. I think, I think that the game we're going to have on Sunday, I mean, I think these guys are going to go, they're going to bring it all. And we're going to, we're going to have a classic, whether you like them or not, you don't have to pick a team that you like. You're going to have a fucking classic right here. Cause these guys are going to go toe to toe. They played a great game four years yep. ago in Super Bowl 54, yep. right? You yep. look at the final, it was 31 to 20, but uh, I mean, look, the, the Niners had the lead in that game. They were up double digits in the third quarter. Hell, at the start of the fourth quarter, they were up multiple scores. So uh, they gave us a great one four years ago, and I think we'll get another great one as well this year. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think the journeys of these two teams is more of the surprise than the fact yeah. that we have these two teams. I mean, I just went and looked up preseason Super Bowl odds. The Chiefs were the favorites. The Eagles were number two, but the Niners were number three. So you've got two of the three Vegas favorites in this game. San Francisco being here, being the one seed, maybe not a huge shock, but Kansas City having like the the bumps in the road that they had this season. And the fact that it's their defense that has really carried them. them. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, people were like, done. ah, this, this just ain't the year. And uh, what are they going to do this offseason? Like that's that's the storyline, I guess. But no, these are, these are two really good teams. They've been two of the best teams in football in the last few years, two of the most consistent teams in football the last few years. So uh, not much of a surprise. I think people like new. And the Lions and Ravens would have been new. The Lions would have been very new. Would have been their first ever Super Bowl. But uh, now you're getting you're getting two high quality teams and two great coaches, and it should set up for a, a great matchup. Yeah, it should. Um, and don't forget, guys, it may be a little too late right now, but moving forward, because we like like we're talking about, we're into the uh, meat of uh, NBA season, about to get uh, fired up and rolling. Once uh, you got football done. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to be firing off uh, very, very soon. Of course, NASCAR, you've got a lot of different things. Hey, man, um, soccer. I mean, soccer. How about Dallas? I mean, da Dallas getting them, uh, I think that's down the road. But still, I mean, if you're a soccer fan, there is no other way to watch esports than if you do it on something that is set up by our man Tom McKay 
and audio visual consultations. Stop stop spending your time driving around town, uh, you know, on game day. And again, we want you to support local businesses. We, we've got a lot of them that uh, do really good stuff with us. But when it comes to game day like that, uh, you got a big event that's coming up. Make your home the place for your friends, your family, yourself, a custom TV hookup from audiovisual consultations, not just TV. I'm talking about surround sound systems, everything that WAGS talks about. BK has it. WAGS has it. I mean, all of these guys have it. It is the only way to go. They've been doing it since 1988. They are the best in town. They'll hook you up like they have thousands of customers around here. And by the way, when you go to these places and you're checking out all the cool stuff on those screens and multiple screens and sound systems, odds are our man Tom McKay probably set that up for him. Whether it's a home theater, uh, man cave, she shack, whatever you want to call it, outdoor, they will hook you up. AV Consultations has you covered. Give them a call. 255-8678. Odds are you're going to talk to Tom. You're going to talk to him, and he's going to tell you what he can do for you. Check him out, avconsultations.com. Proud sponsors right here of Chaos Theory and, of course, Texas Sports Unfiltered. As we get uh, just a few more minutes right here before um, Jeff, uh, before it's only an hour before they get fired up, I do want to ask you, because I heard you mention there, um, BK, man, Toby Keith woke up this morning. I wake up pretty early. And just like most people, I don't care if you say that you don't or not, you go to the old, you go to the old Twitter machine, you go to the old X to see, uh, to get your news. You don't turn on the news anymore. When I see RIP Toby Keith, I'm like, okay, my first thought was, okay, what did he say political? You know, it's like career death. What mm. did he say? Even though, you know, he's, he hasn't pulled any punches. Toby Keith, man, that's one of those country music stars where not only the the patriotic songs and the American anthems and everything that he's done, this dude hit country music at a time where he's got music that is unrivaled. And I think for most folks, I mean, your age, I mean, older folks like me, when you lose a Toby Keith, man, that that that's when that shit really kicks you in the nuts, man. It's like, damn, that's a big one. Yeah, the C word. Got another one, man. Yep. Um, sucks. Uh, Toby Keith is a legend, probably the only OU fan I'll ever like. Um, but man, I mean, he's one of the best country music artists of all time and his stuff is timeless. It really is. I mean, you could listen to any Toby Keith song from the start of his career to some of the more recent stuff that he was putting out and it's all going to be good. So, uh, yeah, I like at at times during college, I'm like, shit, should I even be listening to this guy? I'm at UT. Am I allowed to listen to this, uh, sooner? But I couldn't, I couldn't stop, man. Like he's got, he's got some jams. So, uh, yeah, it's a big loss, big loss, not only in country music, but in the music world. And this dude was a, as red blooded American as it, as they possibly get as well. He had uh, so much pride for this country and he made music that uh, made you be proud to be an American as well. And man, tailgates, uh, you know, football watching out on the boat, you're fishing, sitting on the beach, or you're just hanging out. I mean, he had songs for, for every moment, every occasion. And uh, yeah, I'll be listening to a lot of Toby Keith over the next few days for sure to, I guess, pay my respects to a uh, tremendous career and a life very well lived. Yeah, man. And, and I got to tell you, it, it's it's instances like this with, with Toby Keith where where you go back there and you, you think about him. And, and it's one thing, if you don't agree with the political stuff, that that's fine. That's fine. And, and that's where we all have our right to agree or disagree or whatever the case is going to be. But the dude just has so many anthems. And and Toby Keith, his music is where you can dive in because like I was talking about at the first part of the show is where when you want to start having arguments about what country music is, what it used to be, what it is now, 
I'm going to be the dude that's going to sit there and tell you it is so fucked up right now that it ain't even worth listening to. But I can tell you that Toby Keith came in at a time to where Toby Keith sang songs to where it sounded like Willie Waylon. It sounded like the hag. I mean, it sounded like the stuff that you liked, but it had it had that other. It didn't sound like Rascal Flats. You didn't have all of that stuff. You, you know, it was very much it was very much a genuine country music singer. I got to tell you, I mean, here, here's, I mean, there's a lot of things, BK, that, that, that Toby Keith did with his songs, like you said, most patriotic dude of them all. But who would have ever thought that all of us, and we've all done this, and we all did it before he ever laid the track down, have stood around drinking out of a fucking red solo cup. Sorry, mm. I, don't, I don't mean to be dropping that F word so much today, but we've all done that. This dude puts that out, and it becomes an anthem, man. Yeah. What? What about that? That's an impression right there when you think of Toby Key. Yeah, singer-songwriter and musician, right? Like, he did all of his own stuff, and he, he was pretty relatable with some of the things that he sang, and I think Red Solo Cup perfectly encompasses that. Like, yeah, everyone's party drinking out of a Red Solo Cup, and everyone's written their name in a little Sharpie on the Red Solo Cup, and, and it's not the same when it's a different color, right? Yellow and yep. blue. No, red's yep. the only one for that fella. It's the only one for me, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, just so many great ones, man. Like you got a top is red solo cup. Your, your top Toby Keith song. Um, you know, actually it's not, I mean, I do like that when I, when I'm hanging out with folks, but I mean, I like some of the old Toby Keith stuff. I mean, who's that man? Mm -hmm. I mean, be, being, being, you know, a divorced dad. It's like a, who's that man running my life. Yeah. You know, that that's one. Um, there are a lot of them. I mean, there are really a lot of them, you know, back from the early days, but before he, and the thing is, you know what, I, what I really like about dudes like him is you, you see a lot of folks like, I know I get this a lot of times when, when folks talk about Metallica, it's like, I like Metallica before they became mainstream. Um, Toby Keith, when he became mainstream, not just a country artist, he's the same damn dude that he was when, when he was singing in Oklahoma. Yeah. God, I, for me, I know you didn't ask, but, I'll ask myself what my favorite Toby Keith song is. Um, I love this bar is definitely in the mix. Oh. Uh, oh. How do you like me now is just the ultimate grudge. Oh. Revenge that video, song. dude. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, man, I, I probably quoted, I'm just talking about tonight more than any other when I'm just trying to take home, uh, pick up a girl at a bar and take her home. It's like, no, I'm not, not talking about forever. I'm not talking about hanging up or hanging out and hooking up. I'm just, just yep. talking about tonight. Like that's, yep. that's all this yep. is right now. So, uh, yeah, those, I guess those are probably my top three should have been a cowboy. Of course, is a classic mm -hmm. as good as I once was probably his best song, all things considered like that. That song is just fantastic. And another relatable one. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Like Old that's, it's like a, almost a modernized version of glory days by Bruce Springsteen, where it's like, yeah, no, you, you get to a certain age and God, that, that it, that's perfect. That's dead on. It really hits home. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, he's, yeah, it's a tough loss for, uh, for country music and a tough loss for music in general too. Yep. No doubt. He's got one called whiskey girl. If you haven't heard that one, guys, check that out. That is a very good, uh, Toby Keith song. It's called whiskey girl. Uh, very good one. I know I'll be, uh, cranking that one out, uh, a little bit later on today, as well as many others, uh, rest in peace to Toby Keith. Again, uh, Jeff and Jordan coming up. It's only an hour, just, uh, here in a couple of minutes again tonight. Um, final thoughts, 
BK, Texas, and Iowa State, a, a big uh, momentum uh, builder, hopefully right here for the Longhorns as they come in after a great weekend. Uh, the loss to Houston, like I said, I think that's something that, that may have helped them in some sort of way. I hate that whole morale win. I call it a quality loss. Going into this one tonight, Texas kind of sitting in a good spot where they can really do some good things here this week if they can take care of business. Yeah, I'm going to do my part because they keep picking against Texas and they keep winning. So I'll pick against Texas again. I'll I'll, I'll call for an yep. Iowa State victory and hope that uh, almost the reverse jinx can work for this team tonight. Uh, but no, I mean, if they play like they did on Saturday, if they play like they did last week, they're going to find a win uh, against yep. a good Iowa State team. But this team has been up and down a lot this season. The fact that they're four and five in conference play, I think, is uh, you know perfect uh, descriptor of that. Uh, they've got to play their best ball. Once again, be smart. Be mm -hmm. smart. Don't turn it over because Iowa yep. State wants to turn you over and get out and run. You cannot let them get uh, free and easy buckets in this game tonight. But this is a game that, uh, that Texas can win, and I think Texas probably should win. Got to have that same energy and effort. It's weird, you know. It's almost, it's almost like, uh, and some teams are like this. But you just watch college basketball in 2024, and you don't, you don't see it often. Texas is feeding off of road crowds. Yeah. Right? They're not perfect on the road. They got they got their asses beat pretty good by BYU and Provo a couple of weeks ago. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, every time they go on the road, they play well. But they have been better on the road. Three of their four conference wins have been away from Austin. Mm -hmm. You have to, you got to feed, you should be able to feed off your home crowd more than you are. You've got to, I don't know what it is, man. I like Texas fans should maybe do horns down tonight. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will get this team going a little bit. Because clearly TCU, they, they gave out a bunch of horns down shirts and, Oh, that inspired the team to play really hard and really well for that game in Fort Worth. Like I don't know what it is, but they have to have that same energy that they have when they're playing on the road here at home. Other teams can do it. Look at Kansas. They can only play well at home. They can't play well yeah. on the road. That's, that's normal. What Texas has done in league play so far, that ain't normal at all. They've got to just win these two games at home and, and uh, just find a way to make Moody Center a tough place to play for opponents like it should be. Yeah, it really is. And that is the beauty of it. I mean, that, that is a venue right there where you should use that, you know, to your, and, and they did. I mean, the program had been doing that. I mean, it's only uh, here recently where we've had uh, the issues right there, but a big one for Texas tonight, like we talked about West Virginia coming in a little bit later on uh, over the weekend. So take care of your own business. And that's really the only thing right now. You know, I mentioned this a couple of days ago to WAGS and it's like, you know, I mean, we see the big 12 topsy turvy, everything with all the, all the great clubs that we have right now. We saw Kansas state win last night over Kansas. All that you can control is what you're doing. I mean, let everything else shake itself out. You take care of business, whether it's at home or on the road, and that's what's going to get you hopefully into the big dance as we bring in our man, Jeff Howe. Him and Jordan Scruggs coming up. It's only an hour right here at 11 o'clock. Jeff, how we doing, my man? Toby uh, Keith fan? Toby Keith fan or no? All right. So not a fan of Toby Keith's later stuff. I'm going to be completely honest. Toby Keith's early stuff, though, there's some good stuff in the early Toby Keith catalog. Yeah. And I'll tell you, B BK will never know this. He can find it on YouTube only. But I, I remember when the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl under Jimmy, Super Bowl 27. Yeah. Remember Sports Illustrated and NFL oh, yeah. films used to do those yearbook videos? Yeah, so they put one out for the Super Bowl. And at the very end, they get through the whole season. You know, it's it's either, I forget, it's, it's either John, I think it's Harry Callis narrated it. And at the very end, it's a season highlight video from the 92 season with Toby Keith should have been a cowboy playing over it. 
Mm. I remember that. I will always be grateful to Toby Keith for that song because every time I hear that song, it reminds me of the Cowboys winning Super Bowl twenty seven. They used to. I, I remember that song. I, I remember uh, back in the day, uh, back at KVET. I, I think it was Bob Cole and Sammy. They they would kind okay, of play that. Yep. That, hello, KVET. <laughs> yeah. They they would play that, and then they actually had uh, even one of the. Uh, remember the uh, Bellamy Brothers song, uh, the Cowboy Way, or whatever it was. They would do a little uh, thing with that. But yeah, I mean, what what an anthem it was uh, there for the Cowboys. Jeff, uh, your thoughts? We were talking about Texas and Iowa State tonight. Iowa State's going to come in. They're going to try to steal that basketball. Uh, Texas consistency has been the question. I think they're on a on a good roll right here. Uh, your thoughts as we go into this one? I just like BK has got that look on his face, like the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. What are these Super Bowls of which you speak? What are you, talk, what are you talking there? about? Yeah, typewriters and stuff were still yeah. around. I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was in the I was in the third grade, BK. So I barely have recollection of it. So. That, yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. Um, I, you know, when, when I think about Iowa State this year, the one thing that stands out, man, Taven Lipsy is like one of those guys in the Big 12 that not a lot of people talk about because why the hell would we talk a ton of Iowa State basketball? But Lipsy's one of those guys, man, that, that dude could play. If I'm a coach, man, that dude could play on my team. I just yeah. like watching that dude play. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you guys. You know, Texas – up, you know, last year, really, other than that K State game, where you know a really good K State team outscored them at home, and that was still, that was what Rodney's probably fifth, sixth game as the head coach. So they're still trying to figure some things out. Other than that, man, they've been really good at home up until you know the Tech game this year and the UCF game. There's no shame in losing to Houston, but it, there's no secret, man. Chip actually had a really good story. It's actually still up at Horns twenty four seven. He caught up with Jerry Palm. Uh, who's a bracketologist at CBS, caught up with him before the TCU game. That's basically what Jerry said. Look, if TCU wants to, if Texas wants to maximize their chances of, of getting into this thing and being on the right side of the bubble, they got to take care of business at home. They got to win their home games. Yeah. And it would be a shame, you know, you've got a chance now, this, this string you've had of six, six straight AP ranked teams to finish it four and two after what we saw against Texas Tech and UCF. Man, couldn't ask for a better outcome. Four and two sounds a lot better than three and three. So yeah. it's really hard in the in this league to win on the road. BK, as Kansas found out last night, mm-hmm. um, make make it a tough place to play. You no, know, I, I figure the corral will be up there. The, the atmosphere should be really good. Um, but yeah, win tonight and you set yourself up pretty well to make sure you're on the right side of the bubble. Yep. All right, boys. Looking forward to the show. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I'm now Bono with my uh, Bono, not Bono, former former NFL quarterback Steve Bono. Steve Bono. Yes, I am very much more like Steve Bono than the other guy from YouTube. There is no doubt about that. No yeah, I heard I heard Rodney Aaron one time. Joe Montana. Um, actually, it was a I forgot what quarterback controversy it was, but it was all these different quarterbacks talking about their quarterback controversies, and they're interviewing Steve DeBerg. And he said, you know, I remember when I had my quarterback controversy with Joe Montana, and I'm like, there's one of the great happenings that I don't remember taking place in this century. Who the hell does Steve DeBerg ever have a quarterback controversy with Joe Montana? Yeah, it's a matter of when is he taking that over from you. That was the controversy right there. Good stuff, guys. Y'all have a great show, BK. Thanks for hanging around, my man. Chaos Theory. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10 to 11 right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered.